Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me, I'm saying. You gotta be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa! You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Yo, get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's... The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad reason it feels like I just did one of these shows. Oh yeah, I did. Last night had one heck of a, a recruiting roundtable show, uh, the first of its kind. I've done some evening shows, but really, really enjoyed last night's show. And uh, the uh, six guests that I had on, recruiting reporters from uh, scout.com, rivals.com, 247, we hit them all. And then we ended it with, uh, with Larry Bluestein. And a, a ton of great information there. If you missed it, you messed up, man. You really did mess up. However, you know, you can listen to the archive of the show. Just go to gridironstudshow.com and uh, list all of the archive shows there. You also might want to check out uh, the Straight Talk with Warren Sapp segment that I had on Tuesday. Great, great segment there. Going to have that every week. Can't wait to hear all the uh all of the great stuff that Warren Sapp is going to bring to the Gridiron Stud Show. And then uh, those of you who know Sapp or know of Sapp knows that uh, he's a straight shooter, hence the uh, name of the show or, or his segment, Straight Talk with Warren Sapp. Uh, and that's exactly what you're going to get. He comes correct. He comes direct. And uh, you can certainly appreciate stuff like that. So uh, good things going on here at the Gridiron Stud Show. And, look, it uh, seems like a good time for me to tell you if you own a business and you want to reach uh, the kind of people that would be listening to this show, now is as good a time as any uh, affordable rates, low rates, that will be changing in the near future. That's just my warning to you. You want to you want to advertise on the show, uh, good time for you to get on and do that um, at an affordable rate because, again, rates are going to be rising on you. All right, what do we have coming up on the show today? It's Thursday, so that means Gators and Knowles talk. Going to have Nick Delatore on from GatorCountry.com. 
plenty to talk about there. The dominant performance against Ole Miss in the Swamp last weekend and uh, what could end up being a trap game versus Missouri uh, coming up for the Gators, who are now ranked the number 11 team in the country, according to the AP poll, one of the biggest jumps ever. Uh, maybe the biggest jump by an SEC team. I, I don't know all the numbers on that, but it's a very, very big jump. Gators were 25 in the country going into that game against Ole Miss. Now they're number 11. So we'll talk about that and more with Nick Dilatori from GatorCountry.com. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then at the top of the hour, top of the next hour, big game coming down on Saturday night, prime time. It's the University of Miami and Florida State. And I'll have Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation on to uh, share what he knows and give some insight on that matchup. Uh, It's not number one versus number two or two teams ranked in the top five as we've had in the past, and you can't have that every year. But I was recently asked, what is the biggest rivalry uh, in the state of Florida? And I still think it's Miami and Florida State. Don't know that Florida and Florida State has overtaken that, but... Uh, I still think it's Miami and Florida State. Miami did hold Florida State hostage last year, had every bit of a chance to win at Sun Life Stadium, and uh, at the end of the day, Florida State pulled out the victory, as they did in about five or six games last year, including their game against the Florida Gators at the end of the regular season. So it was just what Florida State did in 2014. They let you think you were winning, and then suddenly you, you didn't. And so... Can uh, Miami do anything about that as they head up to Tallahassee? Me personally, I think this is a very this is an evenly matched game, um, and, and I certainly think it's a game that Miami can win. And I've seen this movie before, folks. I've seen movies like this. Miami lost on in front of a national television audience to Cincy. Fans are up in arms. The Canes suck. You're hearing all that kind of talk. They can't beat Cincy. How in the world are they going to beat Florida State? And then suddenly, you get the upset. Seen that movie before. And I think Brad Kai is playing at a high level. People are complaining about the play calling. Don't think it's been all that bad on offense. So uh, I fully expect to see Miami moving the football against Florida State. Florida State hasn't faced a real offense yet. I think Miami's the most talented team they will face. I don't think I know Miami's the most talented team that they've faced to this point. And Florida State has struggled in their ball games. This is not dominant 2013 Florida State. They've come back to earth since Jameis Winston has left. So. Uh, There are plenty of reasons why this game will be close, plenty of reasons why the University of Miami could win it. Will a banner fly over Doak Campbell Stadium? Will the University of Miami fans do that? Will they embarrass the head coach in that fashion? Folks up there in Tallahassee are having fun with it. They're selling Keep Al Golden T-shirts in the student store and around town. That's cute. Former Florida State Seminole, Snoop Minnis, got a couple of laughs yesterday as he set out some trash cans in his backyard and uh, wrapped a tie around one of the trash cans and said uh, this was the University of Miami practicing fun. Kind of stuff you get 
during rival week, week between uh, the University of Miami and Florida State. So looking forward to talking to Bud Elliott about that coming up. Now, how about Odell Beckham? Got to love that guy. There, There's videos all over social media, and there's no mistake about it. Mr. Beckham was gooning on Sunday. I don't, I don't know what that guy was on. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know what's happening in his life, but he, there's no doubt he was out there punching dudes in the face, in the face mask. No question about it. That was happening. And uh, despite the fact that there's all types of evidence everywhere, he's uh, appealing the fine that's been thrown down by the National Football League. They did find him a mere $9,000. Now, $9,000 to uh, me, you, and everyone else out there is a significant amount of money. And the amount of money you could you know, probably do something with, not to Odell. Kudos to him, though. He's going to appeal it. I guess that's just the thing to do. But there's no doubt. My man was out there being all illegal about things. And uh, he's been slapped by the NFL. I'd call it a slap on the wrist. I don't know what you guys would call it, but that's, I mean, come on, $9,000? And there you got multiple incidents of you doing things not within the NFL uh, rule and code handbook. As I said, man was out there going. I mean, one week he's dancing, next week he's uh, catching balls with one hand, and then the next week he's punching guys in the face. I mean, he's well on his way to being the Dennis Rodman of the NFL. A guy knows how to keep his name on the lips of the media. Doing a fine job of that. Because, you know, in this day and age, just playing well is uh, not enough. You got to do some other stuff to keep yourself uh, in the news and relevant and all that. It, you know, for the older crowd, just can't understand that. But it's the world that we live in. I've accepted that, and that's just how it goes. How about this story? I mean, lost in everything else going on yesterday. <laughs> There's a story of about Matt Barnes, who's now with the Memphis Grizzly, NBA basketball player. You know him, light-skinned dude, curly here full of tattoos, and uh, one who's appeared on Basketball Wives with his wife, who was on the show. I forget which one it was, Basketball Wives LA, whatever. You know, they're divorced. They're moving on. Separated, divorced. I don't know the exact situation there. I do know this. They're no longer together. So she's moved on. And uh, who she moved on to? She's moved on to New York Knicks. Head coach, Derek Fisher. No problem. These things happen. Matt Barnes is not with it. My man drove from Memphis Grizzly training camp some 95 miles from whatever part of California that was in. See if I could run down the exact location of that for you. But whatever it was, he drove some 95 miles upon hearing that uh, Derek Fisher was at the house of his ex-wife and uh, proceeded to bust into the crib and get into a fisticuffs with Derek Fisher. I mean, I'm not making this up. Gloria Gavon is uh, the name of Matt Barnes' ex-wife. So again, she's trying to move on with her life. 
and whether this is intentional, because, you know, females sometimes will do that, intentional or not, she has decided to move on with someone also associated with the NBA, and it just happens to be a coach of the New York Knicks, Derek Fisher, of uh, L.A. Lakers fame. And so 95 miles, I mean, you you had 95 miles, especially in California, that's a pretty long trip. Could be over two hours for you. So you had a long time to be mad, a long time to think about what you're doing, and he was just that mad, still piping hot for two hours. So you guys out there tell me, do the light skins take an L for that one? What are your thoughts on that? And as I said on Twitter, uh, today's a good day to call into the show, 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. You can call about anything. Talked a lot about recruiting yesterday, and some of you have had a chance to listen to the archive of the show. If you have any recruiting questions, feel free to uh, drop them on me here. You want to talk Canes, Gators, Knowles, NFL football, whatever, anything on the gridiron, you can call into the show today. Love to interact with the fans, though many of you are scared to call into a talk show. Don't be. Call 347-633-9365 if you got something on your mind. And Matt Barnes, wrong or no? Derek Fisher, wrong or no? Should he have just, eh, you know, kind of passed on this one? Should he have just said, hey, you know what? You guys just broke apart. Matt and I were teammates on the Lakers. Maybe I kind of just let this one go. Maybe I don't date this particular woman. Who's in the wrong here? And does the uh, ex-wife, Gloria Gavon, does she get a pass here? I mean, can she just go on and date who she wants, or uh, was there a little venom there in her choosing to date a former teammate of her ex-husband? Because, again, you know, hey, women sometimes do stuff like that. So there you have it. Jump out to the phone line, see if we have a caller here. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Caller there or no? All right, I guess just someone hanging on. All right, I'm going to jump into a break. When I get back, college football talk time. Or you know what? I think I'll talk a little NFL. How about that? I just called an audible. When I get back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL football, and then later on we'll get to some college football talk. I'll do that when I get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. 
Speed is what you need. So hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. The 7 on 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. People out there calling it beige on beige crime. Derek Fisher is light-skinned. Matt Barnes, hella light-skinned. And for that matter, Gloria Gavon. The woman in the middle, she's light-skinned too. For those of you who care about stuff like that. But again, if you have an opinion on that, who's in the wrong here? Who's in the wrong? Got to blame somebody. Would like to know. 347-633-9365. Jump in there and let us know. All right, already touched on uh, some NFL stuff with Odell Beckham out here appealing fines that he's clearly in in the wrong. Well, let's slide over to the Miami Dolphins. It's uh, the Dan Campbell era has started, and it starts with a bang because uh, Dan Campbell went all high school on the boys yesterday. Oklahoma drill busted out on him. Because, you know, why? Because Dan Campbell, that's why. you seen that guy stand at the podium? He stands at the podium like he's at a urinal. I mean, there's no doubt that this is a tough guy. And uh, right away, he is trying to infuse his personality on the Dolphins, who have gotten the softest rap over the last few days. And it started with the, with the quarterback of the team as there are multiple reports that he was uh, not too fond of the practice squad and that his coach asked, he asked the practice squad, which 
for those of you who don't know that much about football, practice squad are the guys that, you know, basically aren't good enough to be on the active roster. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking scout look team. Ryan Tannehill needed uh, some protection from the from the scout team. That's what's getting out. And what bugs me on this, though, is this. Why, why is stuff like that being leaked out? And that has to come from the players, I guess. There's always leaks now. There's always leaks. What? No one's loyal to the organization. If you're a player on the Miami Dolphins and you let that kind of stuff out, you're a bum. Straight up. There ain't no other way around it. Straight up bum. And you kind of deserve the season that you're in the middle in middle of right now. If you're going to go to the media with stuff such as that. So, uh, that's just my quickie thoughts on that thing. Got to be kidding me that you leak stuff like that out. You got to not like the quarterback, I think, for you to pull that one. But uh, every organization has their leaks now, and uh, they're leaking over there. But I have a feeling, just by looking at how my man Campbell stands at the uh, podium, that they, they're, they're, you know, there aren't going to be any leaks anymore. How about the story that comes out about uh, Tom Brady, who would uh, pay practice squad players for picking him off? One of the worst times for a story like that to come out. Story comes out that Tannehill is uh, going off on practice squad players and telling them to enjoy their practice squad paycheck and pick up your practice squad trophy. And then the other guy, who, by the way, happens to be in your same division, multiple-time Super Bowl winner, a clear-cut favorite to win the division. What does he do in practice? Oh, he he tosses out hundreds. He pays practice squad players for picking him off. Hey, let me give you the rundown on that, okay, after we get through all the fluff of such a story like that. Let me give you the real and the skinny on that. When your first time out there really was as successful as it was for Tom Brady, you replace the quarterback, you go, you win a Super Bowl in that first year, and everyone's swinging from the you-know-what on you. And you've built yourself up into this big-time mega superstar quarterback in the NFL. And you've got a model for a wife and you can do no wrong. Like you can deflate footballs and still get away with it. When you've got that kind of status and you feel that way about yourself, it's easy to do stuff like give out money to practice squad players. Okay? It's an easy thing for him to do. Okay? So for all you people that want to kiss Tom Brady's ass. Let's be real. I'm willing to bet if Tom Brady was in Ryan Tannehill's situation, which clearly he is not, he's not going to be passing out money to practice squad players who are picking him off. Right? Ryan Tannehill is still trying to find his way around in this league. Tom Brady, whether it was through his own effort or not, had a smooth sail into this whole NFL quarterback thing. It's not really what Ryan Tannehill is enjoying as a, a member of the Miami Dolphins. Now, we could rewind this thing all the way back to when the Dolphins, that year the Dolphins drafted Ryan Tannehill. I said it clear as day. You don't 
draft a quarterback that high who's played the position for a year and a half in college. If there is a position in football that requires experience, it is a quarterback position. You can't draft a guy in the top ten as a quarterback who's played it for a year and a half. He better be exceptional physically. And I know people are going to want to throw out the whole Cam Newton thing. I get it. Cam hasn't won any Super Bowls, and he has his weaknesses. And mind you, he's not throwing to anyone there. He's throwing to Juco players over there at Carolina. But you know, Cam Newton's also a monstrosity and a complete physical specimen. And even with all that, he's had his troubles. Ryan Tannehill is not that. And then he's not experienced. So you're getting what you get right now. On top of that, his offensive line is not good, and that's me being kind. And they can't run the football. And they don't have an every-down back as their male toter. Listen, love Lamar Miller. Not that guy you give the ball 30 and 35 times to. I'm sorry, just not. You can be mad about that if you want to. I don't give a damn. It's not what he is. Are we going to shoot it straight on this show or not? It's just not what he is. Nevertheless, Dan Campbell is your interim coach. I think I think the Dolphins will get an initial spark from uh, Campbell's efforts. He'll do something new. It will energize the team early on. It will throw off other teams because, you know, people won't be able to just go by the book with the Dolphins. And you can fully expect there to be an initial spark. And the fans will be in a better mood and talk radio will be nicer to the Dolphins, and you'll get all that. I just wonder at some point, though, once people get a bead on what the Dolphins are doing and that initial burst of euphoria is gone, are the Dolphins still just going to be the Dolphins? Is Ndamukong Su still going to be the bust that he's been thus far? Will the Dolphins still have trouble covering Will they still have trouble running the football? And will Ryan Tannehill still have a problem throwing a deep pass to a wide receiver? I mean, how much of that is going to change? Can that stuff change like that overnight? I don't think so. So what are the Dolphins sitting at? One and three? Perhaps they win the next two games. Off of that initial burst, I mean, they do have the Titans and the Texans, two teams that aren't really setting it on fire. Game number three in the Dan Campbell era comes against the New England Patriots on the road. Then they follow that up with a game at the Bills, who beat the living hell out of the Dolphins at home. Looking like two losses right there to me. And then the woe is me goes on. Back-to-back losses for a team teetering on the edge, on the brink of suicide like the Dolphins, can be a horrible thing. Then they play the Eagles, who are struggling, but that's on the road. I mean, this isn't kind. The Dolphins are about to head into a stretch. And let me just lay this out for you folks. This is as hard a stretch as you get in the National Football League. You go on the road, you come back home, and then you have three straight road games. And the first two 
of those three road games are against divisional opponents who right now are better than you. And what's the prize after that stretch I just talked to you about? It's getting a home game against the Cowboys who may have some injured players back in the fold. This is not a pretty scene for the Dolphins. Has anyone looked at their schedule? Not pretty. I don't care if you played four road games out of five and all against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Chicago Bears, you're going to have a hard time coming out of that with a winning record. And there are some legit teams. And then when you come out of that three-game road trip, it's against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it's a home game, but the Cowboys, Cowboys are the Cowboys. They're a better team than you. You want to talk about the rest of the schedule? After that home game against the Cowboys, they're at the Jets. Then they get a Ravens team at home that should have their act together by then and should be very hungry after starting off 0-3. This is not cute. Then it's the Giants. Then you go out west. And good luck to the Dolphins having a winning record this year. And things are going to be very tough for Dan Campbell. And I, I think it's nice that you went out and did the Oklahoma drill and instilled some toughness. If you decide you're going to make that a regular part of practice, you'll pay the price. Because those four road games and five, that Oklahoma drill, going to be a really, really bad idea. So, and I applaud the man's efforts. He's doing what he knows how, and he is a tough guy and, you know, a good guy. I actually had a conversation with him. His son attends university school, which is right next door to the Dolphins training camp. But this whole head coach thing's been tossed right in his lap. And the Dolphins are in this situation because they're a totally inept organization right now. They can't get the personnel decisions right, whether it's the draft or it's free agency. They just don't get it right. And typically, when you don't get the draft right, it also leads to you screwing up in free agency. That's just how that works. It's tough, but that's how it is. When you mess up in a draft and your draft picks aren't able to contribute and you've got a gaping hole in your roster, you often think the right thing to do is to fill that with uh, some big-name free agent. A, to make the fan base happy, which, don't lie, fans, you were all types of happy when the Dolphins signed the Dominicans suit. You, you were putting the Dolphins in the driver's seat in the AFC East. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to yourself. You put the Dolphins in the playoffs. You put them in the AFC championship game, at least. Some of y'all were saying they're on their way to the Super Bowl. And so, you know, front offices that care about the fan base when it comes to personnel decisions, which they shouldn't, uh, will make a move like that to energize the fan base is the term that they use. So you screwed up in a draft. You didn't draft a player that could contribute on the field and make some plays for you. So he sucks, so he's either not on the roster anymore or he's, you know, off the field. And you have a gaping hole in your roster, and now you got to fill that hole, and you're going to do it with some high-priced, high-priced, big-name free agent and uh, get yourself all screwed there. So the Dolphins aren't getting it done. It starts with the draft. I've said that a thousand times. 
and they're not getting the draft right, and it's leading to these monumental errors and mistakes in free agency. So the Dolphins just can't put the personnel on the field that they need. Then on top of that, they didn't have the coaching staff. It was a struggle when they decided to fire Joe Philbin for them to find who should be the guy to take the team on. Ultimately, I feel from what they had on that staff, they chose the right guy. But there was no one that you could overwhelmingly say, hey, this is the guy that we need to do. This guy's a, a head coach. He's either done it in the past or he's definitely a star for the future. Didn't have that guy. So that tells you something right there. It's personnel. It's people. People make an organization, and the Dolphins have not done a good thing. They've not been able to master that whole part. They can't get the players in the draft. They can't get them in free agency. They can't get the coaches. They can't get the coach. The general manager is suspect. We get one general manager and follow it up. That's a disaster, and we follow it up with another one. That's a disaster. All of this has to flow to the top to Stephen Ross. And I'm not saying anything that anyone driving in their car around in South Florida right now listening to talk radio isn't hearing. Maybe I'm presenting it in a different way than maybe someone like a Big O or Orlando Alzagari, you know, that big mouth gas bag who knows everything. But he's, uh, sh- hell, he kind of right on this one. Dolphins have a personnel and a people problem. So just getting rid of Joe Philbin is not going to be enough. So look for the initial spark. Maybe they did it at the right time. They can gain a little bit of momentum with games against the Titans and the Texans. And who knows? If you start feeling good about yourself, you get a little confidence. If you can pull off something absolutely amazing. Because even the New England Patriots faced with some some a schedule like this that the Dolphins are about to run into after these two games against the Titans and Texans would have a hard time coming out of that unscathed. And again, after the Texans game, it's at the Patriots, at the Bills, at the Eagles, three weeks in a row. Back home for the Cowboys, then back out to face the Jets. And you're not surviving that. You're not surviving that. That's not happening. Dolphins come out of that thing they come out of that four game trip. They come out of that They come out of that Bills at Patriots, at Bills, at Eagles and back home with the Cowboys 2 and 2. I would be extremely impressed. That alone would get me to think about Dan Campbell maybe uh holding on to this thing for the future. Which he won't. The interim guy never gets the job. So who's the next head coach for the Dolphins? If you care and you got some thoughts on that, you can call into the show today. Fans always have the most bizarre choices for the next head coach. I've been seeing the list for the next head coach of the University of Miami, which is always great when you have a standing head coach in there. On a team that's 3-1 and one right now on the season, and people are listing left and right on social media who the next head coach could be. I've seen some of the names uh, thrown out there. Utterly ridiculous. And that's what fans do. But you have some thoughts out there about who should be the next Head coach for the Miami Dolphins, because it's not going to be Dan Campbell. You can hit me with your comments on that, 347-633-9365, or you can reach me on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. Going to take a break. When I get back, college football talk time, and I'm going to be joined by Nick Delatore to talk about the Florida Gators and their upcoming game against Missouri and just what they were able to accomplish last week 
against Ole Miss. We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. <laughs> what is it? Maybach music. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. today I just noticed nothing planned purely accidental 1038 here on the gridiron stud show time to talk some college football there's always plenty going on again you folks out there listening if you missed the recruiting roundtable show last night well you you did a bad thing there you need to fix it so head over to gridironstudshow.com when this show is over of course because you want to continue listening to this one but when the show's over, and listen to the Recruiting Roundtable show, I had uh, several guests on last night. And uh, guests from Rivals.com, Scout.com, 247. Gator Country's Andrew Spivey joined me on the show to talk Gators recruiting. And then ended it off with Larry Bluestein talking about uh, various athletes and teams down here in South Florida. So you definitely want to tune into that. Don't be a dummy. 
But, uh, yes, it's another week of college football descending upon us. There are always interesting storylines. I find this interesting. You know, the media, I, I've been on their case this year. I don't know why I've been more irritated with the media this year than any year before. I don't know. I could be getting old, but I just get so annoyed by things. So Tennessee's had a little trouble. They lose back-to-back football games. Lost a close one to Oklahoma. Okay. Battled in that one. Had a miserable loss against Florida and then followed it up with a loss to Arkansas. Okay. You hit a little bad run there. It's funny now how a story comes out that Butch Jones got in a fight with a player and struck a player. I think this story goes back to this happening in training camp or something to that effect. Oh, would you just learn about this? You just learned about it? It's just coincidental after losing back-to-back games that this turned up? I swear the media sits on stories and just waits for the opportune moment. They will crush you. It's almost like the media is just hiding in the bushes on every celebrity, just waiting for that moment to pull your card. They will write the most beautiful stories in the world, build you up, build you up, build you up. And I'm telling you out there, if you're in the eye and you're being built up right now, it's a total setup. Because at some point, those stories telling people how great you are get boring and they don't get clicked on enough and there are not enough people tuning in and there are not enough people reading that story and they just start going into the war chest because they got stories on you. There's enough haters out there to even to, to filter stories out there about things that you've done or to make them up if they have to. But when those clicks stop coming on the positive stories about you, oh, it's time to pull those things out. Because once you've hit that mountaintop, oh, there's just it, 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 the stories are just as sweet and plentiful as you start to tumble down that mountain. And it's all about clicks nowadays. Damn the story being right. Damn all that. It is what can I get people to click on or click happy. And it doesn't matter what happens in the interim. Story could be wrong. Don't care. Story destroys a man. Don't care. We need those clicks, baby. Click them up. Click them up. Click them up. And this Ronda Rousey, I'm telling you she's next because everything that's coming out of her mouth is newsworthy. She passes gas. It's newsworthy. She said hi on a show. It's newsworthy. They are loving her up all the way up. Soon she's going to hit the top of that mountain, and those little happy-go-lucky stories are no longer any fun. And then suddenly someone's got a naked picture of her or a video of her having sex, or she said the wrong thing about someone uh, made an off-color joke, and they're going to tumble her down. Watch it happen seen this movie it's coming so that's my little rant we got to get back to some uh, college football talk because i did i did say that was going to happen here and as we do every thursday it's time to talk florida gators football here on the gridiron stud show Football talk time, and no better person to do that with than Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com. 
Nick, how about a little cheesy Florida Gators fight song to bring you in here? I should do better. How about huh? that? You're rolling. I feel like you're rolling out the red carpet for me. Normally, I don't even get a walk-up or a, a walk-up song like that. Man, you came into the show today to trumpets and drums, so you better be you better be good, man. All right, uh, yeah. plenty to talk about. As it listen, it's been a great season so far. Easy to do this segment every week because there's always been something great. Mm-hmm. Last week, we had the amazing comeback victory in the call by uh, Mick Huber. Um, didn't have to have any too many. There was not as much drama, although I have to admit I was standing in the stands at the game, live and in color, with my mouth open a little bit. I mean, uh, yeah. you'd have to be too. I don't think anyone expected that that we saw. No, I mean, even if uh, even if you were the most diehard fan, you probably talked yourself into a way that Florida could could make the game ugly and win. Um, you couldn't talk yourself into the game being ugly because Florida would dominate in that way. There was just nothing that Ole Miss could do. Uh, and I think Marcus Spears on the Paul Feinbaum show made a good point, and that is you can't get behind Florida because this defense, as soon as they get a lead, this defense smells blood. And Florida mm-hmm. has gotten has scored first in every game except against ECU and they've scored mm-hmm. on their second drive of every game this year. So every team, all five teams Florida's played, or four of the five teams, has gotten behind early and has let this defense kind of put them into a situation where they're going to be a little more predictable, a little more one-dimensional, and then they can pin their ears back and take advantage of that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And you got to credit you know, Coach Mack and Doug Nussmeyer, uh, the OC, for, for putting that – Putting the early part of the game plan together, um, I don't know if they script their first 10 plays, which is status quo for, for OCs, but mm-hmm. they're doing that. They're doing a really good job of it, uh, of of doing what they need to do to attack a defense and, and, and get a lead and, and allow the defense to do their thing. And I'm sure these guys knew coming in that uh, defense was the show at Florida. Can we you know, agree well, that they, they – script, Well, if they script the first 10 to 14 plays, they might want to throw the first three out of the window. Uh, Florida started off, except for the first game when they went five and out, every other drive, first drive of the game has been a three and out. So maybe just chop off that first part of the game plan and go with the second set of plays. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe those first four or five are just feeling out uh, the defense on the other side and what they can get away with and what they can line up with and how the other team's going to line up. Um, So maybe that's, maybe that's the part of the the whole plan there. Uh, They're going to need to start off fast. This week uh, against Missouri, you're on the road, and while Missouri is not an intimidating force, and they really haven't been on paper. When you, no one thinks of Missouri as just this dominant force, but they have been a major thorn in the side for the Florida Gators. And you're on the road now. Um, and what, if you look at the schedule and what has happened so far, and what you've got coming up, this is a trap game. But as I said in my tweet today, the fact that. Missouri came down here in the swamp and completely bitch slapped you last year. It has to kind of take some of the trap off this thing. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. So Missouri has really had Florida's number since they came into the SEC. If you look at the first game three years ago, um, Florida needed a a last-second interception from Josh Evans to win at home. And then went up to Missouri. Cody Riggs gets thrown out in the first play of the game. That was Matty Mm -hmm. Mock's first start. They dominate, rolled to an easy win there. And then last year, homecoming, Florida felt embarrassed. Um, 
every player we talked to this week talked about that being the low point of the season last year, losing uh, on homecoming for a second year in a row. Um, so I don't know if the players were playing dumb or they actually didn't know that it was Missouri's homecoming week. Uh, but when they learned of it, after being asked by some of us in the media, it seemed mm. to, uh, to to perk their interest, pique their interest a little bit, um, mm. as an opportunity for some revenge. Nobody wants to lose to homecoming. Jim McElwain said uh, they used to play the Libby Loggers, who I actually mm. looked up as a <laughs> real high school in Libby, Montana. Uh, they uh-huh. used to play the Libby Loggers, and, and McElwain said, you know, I always felt good in high school for homecoming. I always felt like we had a chance to win that game. So Jim McElwain has been a sort of a master motivator these past yeah. couple of weeks. You know, last week it was uh, a team that doesn't hold us in, in much regard, uh, a team that should probably beat the heck out of us. Uh, this week they're playing the back-to-back champs, which theoretically on paper, yes, you are, but they have not played like back-to-back Eastern Division champions this year. Uh, so right. Jim McElwain is a master motivator, it seems, you know, early on in his career at Florida. Listen, that is a, a major job of, of a head coach is to get the troops motivated. And for fans, sometimes it's very difficult to understand because they feel like players should be blessed to be playing this game and they should be able to give 100% um, and be at their max every time that they go out there. And, yeah, all that stuff sounds good, but um, this is a very physical and demanding game, and then it's also mentally demanding. So it is very difficult for you to be at your peak mentally and physically every week. And if he has found the way to uh, motivate the troops to do that so far, then he's doing an outstanding job of it. Um, it um, to jump back to an interesting point that you made there, how Ole Miss was a team that didn't hold you in high regard. I kind of got a little taste of that because it was on the sidelines uh, before the beginning of the game, and the Ole Miss wide receivers were running and catching deep balls on the Florida side of the field. I had not seen any other team do such a thing. Like they were using the Florida side of the field. Now, Florida hadn't come out yet for warm-ups. These dudes are out there mm. doing their thing on their side of the field, like totally a little bit of disrespect there. Yeah, and, it's, uh, uh, it's clearly outlined where you're supposed to be. You know, right when you walk out uh, of the visiting locker room, there's a diagram there of, you know, hey, this is your area for the two different sections of warm-up. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, number three came in feeling good about Alabama. Maybe maybe they didn't, you know, uh, worry too much about the way they looked against Vanderbilt. Um, mm-hmm. I had never seen – something like that. Uh, I'd seen it in the past. Uh, Last Mm. year, teams kind of did that a little bit, but it was the first time I'd seen it this year. Uh, And I I think it just goes back to Florida's been down for a while, and, you know, it's this whole restoring the order thing that Jim McElwain has been preaching to to his team. Um, And I think it's going to take a year. You know, everyone right now is kind of jumping on the Florida bandwagon. Uh, But as far as the players – they, you know, they need to see it for themselves. They're almost like a like a doubting Thomas. And Ole Miss comes in, gets punched in the mouth, and you know, I don't think they'll have that same kind of attitude the next time they play Florida. Um, Missouri, who's handled Florida two out of the three times they've played, probably has that same kind of attitude with Florida coming in this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps they do, um, despite the fact that they haven't played all that well. Um, so we'll you know we'll just we'll just have to see how that shakes out. On the note of uh, people boosting Florida up now, number one, 
as this game was closing out to an end last week, I started thinking, well, how much will Florida move up in the polls as a result of this win, an impressive 38-10 to win? And in my mind, I couldn't see them going past 15. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that's been around for a while. I, you just don't see jumps like that. Um, and lo and behold, the next morning, Florida is number 11 in the country. They've jumped 14 spots. And um, now you've got all kind of people saying great things, including a Danny Connell who's been down on the SEC like nobody's business. But he comes <laughs> out and calls Florida the best team in the not only the East and all of the SEC, and he's ready to put them in the college football playoff. You know, with Danny, I think that's just a huge, major setup. What do you think about all this big, lovely talk about the Florida Gators now? I feel like Cannell's new move will be to build SEC teams up as much as he can so that when they fall, it's even a bigger fall than it, it might have been without him building it up. Um, yeah, I smell a rat with Barrett, him. <laughs> we had Barrett Salee, who uh, does a good job covering uh, all things SEC for Bleacher Report. And Barrett said right now Florida might be the most complete team in the country. Uh, he says when you look at when you look at that defense, uh, the offense is running well enough. So he pointed out LSU defense is shaky in some spots, completely one-dimensional. The one dimension is pretty great, but one-dimensional on offense. Um, mm-hmm. Northwestern's playing great defense, not much else. Uh, mm-hmm. Still haven't been proven. Or, or, or swayed uh, enough by Utah. So there's kind of holes everywhere, and I think you can pick out some holes with Florida. Um, but they are getting better each week, and that's something you have to look for, especially with a young football team. Are you better right. in week three than you were in week two? Are you better in week four than you were in week three? And I think you're seeing a lot of progress, specifically at quarterback and an offensive line, which were probably the two biggest question marks you had coming into the season was how would an inexperienced quarterback, no matter who won the quarterback battle, how would an inexperienced quarterback handle the schedule? And how would the offensive line keep that inexperienced quarterback healthy? Because mm-hmm. they lost a lot of starts and a, and a lot of players from the year before. So I think that's where it kind of comes in is that Florida's doing a good job of getting up early and that defense right now is is playing outside of their minds. Um, you, you look at yeah, the that was a that was a thrill to see. That was a thrill to see those front that front four just absolutely dominate and mm-hmm. live in the backfield. And I made this comment because you know I have a straight talk with Warren Sapp segment on Tuesdays now, and we we're on there talking on Tuesday. And I had to admit this as I was sitting there watching it, it looked like our defenses back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Zap and the rest of the guys would live in the backfield and cause some mayhem. And, of course, me as a defensive back, I loved it. But that's what it looked like. Um, constantly in the backfield, they couldn't get plays off. Then the center uh, got frazzled, and he shoots. I mean, I, I don't know I've seen a snap that bad right or left before. You know, you see him <laughs> over the head. But good grief, man. Right. You shot that thing like it was – it looked like it was snapped from the tackle, not the center. So uh, it just led to, to a, a, a myriad of things. And then, um, you know – they couldn't do what it is they wanted to do. They couldn't get, they couldn't, they couldn't get any kind of offense going, and, and they're just playing out of their mind, and that was great. Now, when we talk about this game this week, when you're a fan, you always have something that you fear. What do you fear going into this game with Missouri? Going into the game, so you know, 
in every sense of the word, this is a trap. You're coming off of a huge upset win. You've got LSU the week after. You have a bye week in Georgia after that. Missouri has – they have a 4-1 record, but they don't look like a 4-1 team. So this is a trap game. And talking to Jim McElwain on Monday, he seemed very concerned about how his team would handle that. That new mm-hmm. success, hey, now everyone's patting you on the back, or as he would say, rubbing your belly. How mm-hmm. are they going to handle that? We talked to him mm-hmm. yesterday. He said the the energy was there. The focus wasn't on Tuesday, and, and he needed to see that get better. So it, it seems like Jim McElwain's the kind of guy that I'm, I'm starting to learn. If he thinks his team is really good, he'll kind of down-talk them a little bit. And mm-hmm. if he thinks his team – isn't doing well, he'll kind of praise them, kind of uh, lift them up if they need to, you know, to be lifted up. So I think that the way that he's talked to us this week, that it, the team isn't getting too high on their on their win, that they are staying focused. And a lot of these kids, um, Florida is playing a lot of young guys, but guys like Alex McAllister and Brian Poole, they've been through some stuff here at Florida, some stuff mm-hmm. that you don't ever think is going to happen when you send in your letter of intent to go to Florida. And, and Missouri's really been in the SEC. One of those things. really been the most embarrassing things, you know. Yeah. It, it's just something I think that they're not over, losing homecoming in the manner that they lost it. Uh, and, and I wasn't buying for a second that Alex McAllister and Brian Poole didn't have this date circled on their calendar uh, at some point. <laughs> well, you'd hope that they all have it circled, whether literally or in their minds. Uh, they have this game circled in. Do people even have calendars anymore? I, you know, they've got them on their phones. they got Google Calendar okay. on their phone. So, you know, put a nice little color or whatever, a box or whatever on it. So you hope they all got that and uh, and that the 100% focus is on this and not on what you did to Ole Miss or what you got coming up with LSU. And let's see if Coach Mack can uh, work his master motivator skills in this one this week and looking forward to it. Nick, thanks. Thanks for joining me as always. No problem. Talk to you later, Chad. All right. Nick Delatory from GatorCountry.com. And as always, uh, they have the latest and best information on not only last week's big win against Ole Miss, but uh, matchup talk and the latest interviews and information uh, about this week's matchup for the Florida Gators as they travel to take on the Missouri Tigers. All right. We're going to take a break. When we get back, it's time to talk Florida State football. Bud Elliott's going to join me from Tomahawk Nation. We'll do that when we get back right after this.
The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. of horns. It's a really, really close game last year. As was every Florida State game. It didn't matter who they were playing. They played someone great, ranked, close game. Played a bum, close game. They gave everyone a thrill. Uh mostly fans of the other team for about three and a half quarters and then you know Florida State became pretty good at pulling out the rug from uh under the opposing fans. They did that about a good five or six times last season just playing with people. But uh, they've got the big one coming up, and as we do every week, it's time to talk Florida State Seminoles football. But I'm looking for my helmet right now, man. I'm ready to, go, ready to play and go knock someone out that has on garnet and gold. Let me stop. All right, but but Elliot, Tomahawk Nation joins me here. All right, I just played what, the war chant. On, like okay. I said, look, look, looking for looking for a helmet, man. Something about that song just makes me want to play, even at age 43, and with uh, my Achilles tendons on fire. <laughs> you know, about I mean, that? I think it's. I feel like the hype is starting later this year. You know, in previous years, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, I feel like both fan bases were kind of, kind of coming out, you know, guns blazing, ready to talk trash on on Monday. Uh, and this year, it didn't really happen quite yet. But then, you know, slowly as as the week, you know, kind of kind of built on, I was like, all right, it's it's okay. You know, you, you can talk smack. Neither of these teams are great. And uh, now, now I feel like like the rivalry is is coming around. You know, they're 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 starting to kind of kind of work themselves up and, and, and getting right for it. I think Snoop Menace might have kicked that thing off pretty ingenious. Yeah, you know, a little, See, that, it was that funny. Was, that was interesting. It was funny. <laughs> you know, hey, he's, he's got some time on his hands. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I mean, uh, he put a little time and effort into that thing, so uh, probably a thrill there for um, any of you Florida State fans. All right, this is the game. It's here. 
And uh, like you said, it's not number one versus number three or number three versus five or anything like that we've had in the past. But nevertheless, I'm of the opinion that Florida State-Miami is still the biggest rivalry in the state. Would you agree with that, or do you think Florida-Florida State has overtaken that? You know, I think it's it's all about when you went to school, if you're a Florida State fan, right? Because Florida mm-hmm. State typically has, has kind of alternated periods of, of dominance and then getting beat. Uh, by mm-hmm. Miami and, and then by Florida, and and you know pretty rarely, uh, like right now, Jimbo Fisher's nine and one against those two, and Bobby Bowden's best stretch o- over a ten game period was seven and three. But I think a lot of it is, is when you went to school. You know, if you went to school early two thousands when, when Miami was was kicking ass down there, then Miami's mm-hmm. probably your more hated rival. If you went to school kind of mm-hmm. more during Urban Meyer era, Florida's probably the bigger rivalry. I, it, it's certainly the biggest rivalry for for Miami fans, I, I have to think. Um, for a lot of people, I yeah. do think it's Florida just because it's it's also closer to them. But it's it's mm-hmm. kind of split, I think, based on when you went to school. Yeah, and that's an interesting look at it. You're probably right on that. And it, well, for Miami fans, it is the biggest rivalry. It is no more Notre Dame. Um, you know, the Catholics versus the convicts, that whole deal. So um, I, I, it, you're probably right on that one as well. Well, here's the big question that everyone wants to know, in particular, uh, Miami fans. Dalvin Cook, is he playing Saturday or not? Well, he hasn't practiced yet. I am under the assumption that he's not going to play. Now, Florida State has not said anything official, uh, but hamstrings are really tricky, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, let's let's assume even if he does play, he's not 100%. That mm-hmm. increases the chance that you could re-injure that hamstring. You know, if, if he's not 100%, how good is he? Now, of course, everybody's going to say, well, an 80% Dalvin Cook is still really good. But yeah, is it good to play an 80% Dalvin Cook if if his you know risk of of re injury is high? Probably not. I mm-hmm. think they're probably not going to play Dalvin Cook. If I had to put money on it, I'd say I'd say Dalvin won't play. Uh, and that's just because they have some very tough games coming up. You know, Louisville and Georgia Tech have not looked great this year, but they're still teams capable of beating Florida State. And then you have Clemson in about a month. You don't want this thing to go downhill and become a severe hamstring injury. So I I, I think. Despite the importance of the Miami game and the rivalry and how important this is for recruiting and everything, I, I don't think they're going to play him. All right. Well, then two questions then if we go on that assumption. Number one, um, what is Florida State without Dalvin Cook? Because we've, we've, you know, we've seen him turn things around in the South Florida game. Um, we've seen him kind of keep them ahead of Wake Forest with the big 90-plus yard run. What are they if Dalvin Cook is not in the backfield for them? Uh, they're a lot less explosive uh, because most of their explosive plays this year have, have come via the running game and, and via Dalvin Cook. I mean, Mario Pender had a couple, but, of course, he, he's out with, with the uh, uh, collapsed lung and, and will be out for, for probably another month at least. So they they mm-hmm. have uh, Jonathan Vickers, who, who's a, re- a redshirt freshman, and then they have Jacques Patrick, who's a true freshman. They, they did have Ryan Green, uh, a kid out of Tampa, who I, I think you remember from back in the day on mm-hmm. the most 7 yeah, 7 definitely. teams. But mm-hmm. he moved to corner, and he was kind of their emergency backup. And then he actually ended up messing up his knee, so he's out for the or excuse me, shoulder, so he's out for the whole season. So they are pretty thin at, at running back. Um, still, I think when you look at Miami's run defense, the, the plan can't change. The plan has to be keep pounding on these guys because Miami has proven so far this season that they're going to get out of their get out of their gaps and be undisciplined. Uh, probably. Oh, you mean like not season. stop the run? You think that just started yeah. this season? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's been it's been the hallmark of the Al Golden era. Well, that and, and playing off and not playing a lot of press. 
Yeah, those those two and, things. And, and telling corners, the defensive it, back. It's on corners or safeties. Yeah, you know, tell, tell me about it. I don't want to relive the misery of such a thing. I, you know, but anyway, um, so we we have that situation, which which adds some intrigue and excitement to this game, no doubt about that. Um, I'm of the opinion that Miami can win this game, and like I was saying in the outset, I've seen this movie. I've been around for a while, and I like to, uh, you know flaunt the advantages of having some gray hairs because that gives me a little experience. So I've seen stuff like this. The you got one team that just had an embarrassing loss on national television and uh, no one's giving them a chance because if you can't beat Cincinnati, how the hell are you going to beat Florida State on the road? And then, boom, ta-da, we have a big aha, what the hell just happened moment on, on Saturday. So I think um, going to be tough for Florida State to have their mind right, I think, and I think a really big opportunity presents itself here for Miami and Al Golden. Yeah, I, I think people riding off Miami are, are making a mistake. There, there's still some talent on that team. It's pretty clear to me that Miami, uh, despite all the talk, they, they probably did overlook Cincinnati a little bit, and they didn't play with great effort in that game, especially on defense. I'm interested in their approach this year. They're, they're not playing the war chant at practice. They're, they're really trying to downplay – the rivalry and the importance of this game. And I get that from the perspective of, hey, over the last couple of years when we've lost to Florida State, that's kind of like wrecked the rest of our season. We kind of just quit on it, and that can't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you Definitely. know, I, I don't know. Does that impact how, how motivated they are for this game? I mean, sometimes you can be over-motivated and not focused. I, I think Miami's doing the right thing there just because, look, what they've done in the past hasn't really worked. Yeah, so, I mean, either either make changes or you look like, um, one of the biggest idiots in the world, and so you, you got to do something here. I think I, I've said it. I think they're fighting for their season because losing to Cincy and everything that's been coming down the pike for them as a result of that, and then following it up with a loss to your biggest rival, just might be that combo that knocks you out. So uh, a Miami fan gave me an interesting stat. He said that in the three quarters without Dion Bush, their their stud safety down there in Miami, the Canes mm-hmm. gave up 50 points. And, mm-hmm. and in those games that he was actually in, they gave up only 17. So I, that, that probably says a lot about how good Deion Bush is, and, and he'll be back. And, indeed, Nebraska and Cincinnati did do most of their damage when he was out of the game. There's probably some other stuff, factors in there, too. But I, I think him being back will be really big for Miami. Um, that's another reason I think they have to stick with the uh, with, with, with the run game, even if, if Dalvin Cook doesn't play. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Miami has a decent secondary. They, they bust coverages occasionally, but – they also pick off the ball. They're, they're very opportunistic. I mean, Elder and Burns are very athletic. Bush is really good. I'm not going to talk about Crawford because he's not very good. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, – like the way you I'm just slid that in there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they, they have Jamal Carter, and I'm thinking he, he's, he can't be that much worse than, than Crawford. You might want to try something different there. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't understand why Deion Bush wasn't uh, a part of the defense in the second half after his – um, suspension wore off, but that's, you know, who knows? We could dig into the X-Files on that one. Um, but that is an interesting stat. right? You know, yeah, I, I would have uh, never come up with that one myself, and I'm a research guy. It's, so. it's pretty stark. You know, I'm like, wow, that is, that is a big difference. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we'll see what that means. Uh, I'm looking at the line here, and I know you're someone that pays attention to that stuff. What do you? How much do you think Dalvin Cook is worth in terms of a point spread here? Because this thing hasn't moved much from the nine and a half that it opened up at. It's at nine right now. And 
Um, I don't know if you're required in college football to make some kind of a, you know, if you have a deadline to make a, an announcement, I guess you could go all the way up to game time, I guess. If if the announcement was were to be made today, what do you think comes off this line for Florida State? Does it does it go to seven? Does it fall below that? What what do you think would happen there? Just out of curiosity. Well, as, as a rule, uh, betters who are not like professionals or, or who don't cover mm-hmm. it, they tend to overestimate how much one player is worth on the betting line. They think they think oh, Dalvin Cook's easily worth a touchdown. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. on the field, but not on the betting line. That, that that's just mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Like like when Jameis Winston was at his very best. Uh, we saw it with the Clemson game last year. I think he was worth like five points, and that's a quarterback. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook might be worth a point, a point and a half on, on the betting line. And you have mm-hmm. to keep in consideration here, do you really want to let betters take Florida State and lay a flat touchdown with seven? Probably not. And you mm-hmm. don't really want Miami Miami betters to be able to take ten. So, so leaving it in kind of this uh, limbo zone, if you will, between seven and a half and nine and a half is, is probably pretty safe for Vegas and I think the line currently is, is set at a hedge. Like I, I don't think the line is set saying, hey, we assume Dalvin's going to play. I, I think they'll probably adjust it a point to a point and a half in either direction if, if he is ruled in or out. So you're thinking if he's ruled in, this number could 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 hit 10 and go above that? Or it, is that it what you're saying? It could hit 10 if, if, if he's ruled in, yeah. I mean, I've, granted, I, I think that there's more, there's more kind of play to move down uh, because I think even if he's ruled in, you have to say, hey, how healthy is he really? If he's moved out, you know that, that he's not going to play at all. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking this number being at 9.5 was kind of on the assumption that Dalvin would play. I, I'm, you know, I could be wrong on that. But I'm kind of with you. If he's ruled out at some reasonable amount of time before kickoff here, I think uh, the lowest you'll see this thing is, is a hook on the edge of a 7 there. That, that would make sense right. from a betting standpoint. Not, not to and get as, too as a big as technical here, but. Yeah, now if you want to get real Vegas technical, I'll say this. As a bookie, you don't really want to offer 7.5 on this for this reason. Everybody is going to put Ford State in their two-team six-point teaser, which is going mm-hmm. to take Ford State down to only a point and a half. So they're going to tease Ford State just winning mm-hmm. the game by at least a point and a half with pretty much everything else they can find. So that, that's that's something to watch there. Just interesting how much stuff has to go into making a Vegas line, uh, stuff like that that you said, you know, parlays and teasers and all that kind of stuff coming into play there. Well, here's the final uh, question I have for you. Uh, I think it's pretty clear what this would mean. Uh, a loss for Miami would mean here. You know, it's in the in years past, it's meant the season was kind of over. It was downhill from there, um, and Miami can ill afford any more bad news. But let's flip it over to the other side. Florida State not doing a whole lot this season, looked, you know, woefully unimpressive. What happens if they lose this Miami game, something they haven't done in in recent history? What would that mean here, as, you know, to, to, to the program, to, to Jimbo? Um, does that start a, some kind of a, an avalanche there, do you think? I don't know if it would really start an avalanche um, because I, I think that, if you listen to Jimbo Fisher's comments, he's still talking the whole season about teaching and learning and fundamentals and teaching. And basically every comment is some sort of veiled reference to the youth of this team. I do think if, if they were to lose this, and maybe if they were to lose one more, then maybe you would see the potential to uh, to try and get uh, DeAndre Francois some, some reps because he's certainly going to be in the QB competition for 2016. It's hard to kind of throw away your best quarterback option for this year when you're still undefeated. Mm-hmm. But but if they're, if they're clearly out of the ACC race at some point, 
maybe you maybe you do give us a couple of those young guys some, some more reps and see what they can do and get them some some game experience. I, I think that would probably be kind of the the overriding uh, result if you were to lose this game, which which is certainly possible. I mean, I know Florida State fans think this is a lock, but this is not a lock. Like Florida State is not good enough to consider this thing a lock. Yeah. Um... That I think that's gonna that might be one of the interesting things here because it you know you, for crying out loud in Tallahassee you're selling keep Al Golden T-shirts and if Al Golden with the T-shirts on sale there can come in and get a win I think some people will be up in arms I think Golson would probably now, take the biggest blow if, if this was to happen Yeah now okay if you're a Miami fan out there do you the, the the best result I think is a win still because you're probably confident that you, you can get Al, Al Golden fired even if he beats Miami as long as he does some Al Golden and loses some other games down the line. But at what point do you switch and you say okay, if we're going to lose this thing, blow us out? You know it's kind of like, like four state fans back in 2009. It, it, you never really mm-hmm. wanted to root for state to lose, but mm-hmm. once it's pretty clear that if they were going to lose, you wanted them to just get blown out to remove any possibility. Of bringing back Bobby Bowden for another year, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what is that? Is it down 14 in the third quarter? Is it down three scores? Where you want to make it five scores? What, what does it ever get to that point? Well, listen. According to my timeline, Bud, and I mentioned this on Twitter today, that um, this is a game that I think Miami could win, but I don't think that's what the fans want. I think the fans want to see Miami lose this game. According to my timeline, if I'm going by my timeline, there's not something I'm snatching out of thin air. Um, it looks like what they want is a loss here because it will just accelerate uh, the end result that they uh, most definitely want, according to planes and banners. And, and that's Al Golden gone from the program and, and his era erased from all minds and, and history. Um, so That is so easy you know, to say before a game. But when you get in that stadium or when you turn on your TV, Man, that is that's tough to follow through on. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it, it's hard to, to root for the guys in Garnet. Yeah, if you're a fan, you're sitting there like the like like Sybil on the couch. I mean, you're you're cheering the same thing you might be booing at a later point. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be a real schizophrenic kind of night for a lot of Canes fans sitting there trying to watch this big matchup at eight o'clock. But as always, man, thanks for you coming on and sharing a little. Uh, insight on not only the Florida State Seminoles, but how a betting line is made. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Chad. Take care. Have a great weekend, man. All right. Thanks. Same to you. Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation joins uh, here on the Gridiron Stud Show talking Florida State football. Pretty intelligent guy there and um, kind of has his finger on the pulse of, of the betting uh, as well, which is very much a part of uh, college and NFL football. Let's not pretend that it's not. So shed a little interesting insight on how a line is made and some of the factors that have to be considered when putting one together. And I know some of you or many of you out there bet on the games. And you all fly to Vegas to do so too, right? Is that it? All right. Well, I'm going to jump into a quick break when I get back to final segment and wrap up here of the Thursday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Stick with me. I'll be right back right after Recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit Grid 
today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridEyeStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. Back here to wrap things up on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, listen, all you general managers out there, I you know I see it all the time on Twitter. Everyone's got their you know their their ideas about who should be playing where, who should be on this team, who they should have drafted, and all that good stuff. Who should be recruited? Blah 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 blah. Listen, why don't you put all of that knowledge to use and head on over to FanDuel right now? Some of you have neglected to join Fantasy Leagues because you just don't want to be concerned with doing a roster every week. And if you don't do a roster one week or, you know, two weeks out of the season, then you're pretty much out of the whole deal. Listen, site, a site like FanDuel has eliminated that for you. It's a, it's a one-week fantasy. You don't have to worry about season-long commitments. If you're in this week, you're in this week. The game is this week. You win this week, you get paid. For those of you really smart folks out there that really understand the game and know it and follow it and you know you know who's going to do what each week, it's time to get paid on something like that. You can go over to FanDuel and enter a contest for one or two dollars and come out with fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. It's just like that. So put that knowledge to use and make yourself a little bit of money. You've got folks that come over that have come over to FanDuel and started up with twenty-five dollars. And they've come out with half a million. Yeah, that's happened. You could do that at FanDuel. With millions and millions of people playing one-day fantasy leagues at FanDuel, uh, the opportunity is there for you. And it's become extremely, extremely popular. You're seeing it everywhere. They're in the news right now. But, um, you know, they're being uh, – they're sponsors uh, for, for the league. Uh, there are commercials everywhere. Uh, and if you're wondering and curious, now's a good time for you to jump in here. A good chunk of the season's been played. You know who can do what. If you haven't opened up account at FanDuel yet, now's a good time for you to go on there. And you can make some uh, wise roster decisions. And uh, you can put your money where your mouth is. And, again, you could turn $2 into $20,000 at FanDuel.com. So head over there right now. Click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner. Enter promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. And they'll give you a bonus if you sign up right now. How about that? So you go, you make a deposit, and they'll help you out with, own, with uh, their own little bonus that they'll drop in your account for you. So you'll have a little extra money for you to toy around with. And so um, all that talking about it, let's put it to use. Make up your own lineup. Big-time games going on right now. They're tournament games. Uh, they're head-to-head games. All kind of ways that you can go there. A lot of strategy involved, and it's a really, really fun time. It makes the games extra fun. So head over to FanDuel.com, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS, and uh, make your deposit, and they'll enter a little bonus in there for you. Just a little something for you to chew on. I want to thank my guests to join me on the show today, Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com. Be sure to head over to GatorCountry.com for all of the latest information on Florida Gators football. And Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation. Uh, the top site online 
for Florida State Seminoles news and information. So check them out for all of their information on the big matchup Saturday night prime time between the Miami Hurricanes and the Florida State Seminoles. Just a programming note, we're back on tomorrow at 10 a.m. It is the award-winning and highly sought-after Football Friday edition as we talk high school, college, and NFL football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I'm joined by my co-host, Emil Calamino, and uh, we talk the top games in college football and NFL football. And we also give you our picks, man. College football picks are absolutely on fire, red hot. Both he and I are combined 20-10 and 10 on the season. And who else are you listening to that are giving it to you like that? So just for the picks alone, you should be tuned in to this show. And uh, we're getting our act together in the NFL as well. He and I enjoyed a 4-2 and two combined weekend in the NFL. So you want to join us tomorrow and see who we like in the NFL. And then I also have a uh, good lengthy discussion about high school football, mainly in the state of Florida. But we can venture outside of the state of Florida, especially if you want to call in and talk about high school football in your neck of the woods. So we hit all three levels of football tomorrow on our Football Friday show. And, again, that's at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here. Same bat time, same bat channel. So you don't want to miss out on that. And then also you can head over to gridironstudshow.com and you can tune in to uh, some of the great shows that we've had this week. As I said, we have the Tuesday segment with Warren Sapp, Straight Talk with Warren Sapp. You want to hear what he's had to say on a number of topics, including University of Miami football and uh, stuff on the NFL gridiron, like J.J. Watt. Is he that great? Also shed some pretty good insight on why Ndamukong Sue is uh, struggling as a member of the Miami Dolphins. ton of great stuff there. And, of course, the recruiting Roundtable show that I had last night. It was a great show. Lots of great information uh, from all around the country in terms of recruiting. We hit the southeast, the Midwest, and and out west. So you certainly don't want to miss that. So you can listen to any of the archived shows of the uh, Gridiron Stud Show by going to gridironstudshow.com. You don't ever have to miss a show. I'd prefer that you listen in live and that you call. But if for some reason you couldn't, feel free to listen to any of the archived versions of the show, gridironstudshow.com. Head over there right now, and uh, you can listen to us all day. I mean, why wouldn't you? All right, well, end of another great show. And again, we're back on tomorrow for all of my guests that were on the show today. I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.